what's going on all my Spotacast members, Spotify members, Breaker members, and um, I'm sure there's a few other uh, channels out there that I forgot, but it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, I am getting a little bit better at this whole podcast type thing. I um, got a buddy that I work with at work, and um, he's kind of a nerd. You know, he's really into a lot of uh, tech-savvy stuff, you know. And, uh, for example, he, he knows how to make website pages, and he knows about proxy servers or VPN networks or OH... OHV networks. I do believe they're called OHV networks. OVH, actually, I think is what they're called. <clears throat> Anyways, I think it stands for Online Virtual Network. It's basically like having your own server. So, um, but anywho, he's really a tech-savvy kind of guy. He's, uh, pretty smart. And I got to talking to him about Facebook and how I'm tired of Mark Zuckerberg's crap. And I basically asked him, you know, because he said he had a website page that he had made. And not only does it look pretty legit, but it's got the little section where you can click on stuff, takes you to other categories, and um, at the bottom it's actually copyrighted. Uh, and all you do is pay like eleven ninety nine for a whole year, and you get all the you get all the rights to that. So, anywho, oh lord, I'm sitting down in this chair out back, hoping that a spider or a bug doesn't get on me, because there's a lot of them around here. My mom's backyard is like a bug graveyard or something. (laughs) So anyways, I got to talking to him about um, how I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) And because I told him I've been making podcasts lately and he's like, why? I told him because Mark Zuckerberg's an asshole and I'm blocked for at least another four days. So... And it's been like a non-stop thing, you know, I mean, I go back and I look at posts that I've made that have gotten flagged. Sometimes it's been flagged for just being, uh, for not being courteous and nice. (laughs) Anyways, I told him I want a page where all my people and followers can go to, to get updates about things. Um... You know, if I'm in Facebook jail, they can get a hold of me on there, or they can find my Facebook page and my Spotify or Anchor page, uh, my YouTube channel, all in one area. Click on the link, it'll take you to it. And he says that he thinks that there is a um, there's a, a thing that you can put live video streaming on your web page 
kind of like a video player or something that goes on your web page and um, like I said I'm just kind of getting into this whole uh, tech savvy stuff I mean I've been pretty good with technology and told them I'm, I've kind of been into hacking but I didn't get really good at it he says over the past six years he's been doing really good job at it and he said that's why a lot of people are going from virtual private networks VPNs to OVH or OVN or whatever he said it was is because people were finding ways to crack into virtual private networks <clears throat> and when you have your own server it's kind of harder for them to do that you can write up the coding and everything for it to make it a lot harder. And you know you're the one that made it, so it's not like somebody was out there making apps for people to take advantage of people. Because you never know. I mean, you get on the Google Play Store and you download an app for your, your debit card. You know, it makes your life a little bit easier, but it still puts all your information out there. And if somebody really wanted to get that information, they could get it. Um, and basically, he was telling me about addressing people's IP address. And he went on to talking about um, how a lot of people are using systems where if you used a DOS or a DOS, drive and you crammed a computer with like a gigabyte full of data it would like fry it it would like fry the, the router but now they've got bots that can um, do all the work for you basically and cram a computer with a terabyte of data and just cripple it so they're getting better at that um, Anyways, this guy's really smart. He's one of my co-workers. It's really fun to talk to him about that sort of thing. He even told me if I ever needed anything to get a hold of him. Gave me um, the web page for me to look into it. And I'm really kind of considering it, but I don't think I really need a web page right this second. Uh, I think when I get closer to living van life, maybe. But... Right now, I'm just trying to live my life and get by and buy things that I really need to be buying right now and conserving my money for van life. So even though it's only like 12 bucks a year, it, it would be smart for me to wait. Um, and like I said, I don't really think I have a need for that right this second. It would be nice to be able to log on to a laptop and have my own little website where I can check comments and everything but for the most part I can probably get by with just using a mixture of things probably gonna keep my Facebook account of course but I'm gonna try to keep that to a minimum I'm gonna try to stop doing live videos like I was I think 
because to me, Facebook has became so uh, power hungry that they're just waiting for you to say the wrong thing or for you to put a little bit of music in your video and for them to dispute the rights to it. You know, there's like three or four things you always got to worry about Facebook wanting to do. And then when they do finally ban you, you can't really challenge it. You know, and I know they've got that whole new thing, that board of members thing. It's a crock. It's the biggest crock ever. Got this panel of people that are like lawyers and, and part of... Uh, They've got a certain political bias, you know, they're part of the Republican Party, or they're part of the left movement, the right movement, whatever. They've got political biased people that are ultimately the ones that are making the decisions, saying, oh, no, that's not right, he can't post that. So it's still not right. Because everybody has the freedom of speech and expression in America. Whether it's typed in on a web page or uh, whether it's spoken out of your mouth, everybody has the right. So it's not right for Mark Zuckerberg to silence people. But then he turns around and he lets a, a board of members ultimately silence people. Like I said, you can't do anything about it. And then you're sitting there for a whole 30 days. You can't bring out any content for your viewers. And they don't know what's going on with you. You know, I mean, you could have a serious health injury or something. They wouldn't know, you know, or you can have a serious change of heart and say, well, I don't want to do these podcasts anymore. I think I'm done with it. They wouldn't know, you know, because you've been banned. And you can't tell them to get on Anchor or to get on your YouTube channel because the people that are on there, you can't communicate with them. Well, I mean, I guess you could through a messenger, but anyways, I'm tired of giving Facebook the power, you know, over my content, over me, over my thoughts. I don't think it's right. So pretty much I'm still going to use Facebook, but it's going to basically be for entertainment purposes. I mean, maybe if somebody has to get a hold of me on Messenger or something, but I'm kind of like 50-50 on being completely done with live videos. And I didn't really think about this until recently, whenever I've been without them for a whole month and I've been doing these podcasts now. I didn't start doing these podcasts till like halfway through my Facebook ban. I honestly didn't even know that this app even existed. And um, it's pretty effective. I can get my point across to people. Uh, if people want to tune in and listen to it, that's fine and dandy. The only downside to this Anchor platform is, yeah, it's also on Spotify, but how many people really use Spotify compared to Facebook? 
You know, everybody and their mother and brother has a Facebook. So you get a lot of viewers and a lot of followers from Facebook. But you can't really promote anything on Facebook. Whether it's a business or whether it's an opinion that you have. You gotta like walk on pins and needles. And um, so anyways, I'm back staying at my mom's again for another night. Long story short, still got a fat problem at my apartment, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out real soon. Long story short, I, uh, I had a fat problem last winter. I told the landlord about it, and he didn't really do anything about it. He actually did the complete opposite and kind of tried to make me feel like an idiot about it and asked me if I was sure that it was a bat. I explained to him, yes, you know, it, there was a couple times where it tried swooping down and attacking me while I was out on the back balcony. And he blew it off. You know. So well, since we don't hear about it anymore, it's not my problem. And then there was one night when I went inside to take a piss and it was flying around in my apartment. So I went out and got this device. <clears throat> and this device says it protects areas up to 3,500 square feet, and I know for a fact that my apartment isn't 3,500 square feet. It's probably half of that, or even less. I don't see it being any more than 1,000 square feet. So, I plugged it in as soon as I made it home yesterday, and I let it run and everything. I got my shower, changed the sheets on my bed. Um, I went outside, started making podcasts, started drinking beers, and then I heard a bat out on my balcony. And people will tell you all the time that, oh, humans can't hear bats. Well, that's a lie. Bats have a very distinctive chatter that they use and um, no you might not be able to understand everything that a bat is saying but you can tell if there's a bat there let's just say that and it's not really like a chirp like a bird and it's not really a squeak like a mouse it's kind of like in between it's almost like a chitter-chatter. I don't know. And I, I tried pinpointing where the noise was coming from. And it kept coming from in the corner up by my gutter. And I thought, well, it's probably inside the gutter trying to make its way up to the top. 
you know, maybe it sleeps, you know, goes in through the top and sleeps in there, you know. But the point is that he didn't remove the bat that was there. It's either he removed it and it came back, or he removed it and there was another one there. I don't know. But I still don't really feel comfortable with that device being in there even, you know, because they're still trying to make their way into the house, into the apartment. Or into little nooks and crannies, which they could probably find their way into the apartment. You know, if that last bat made its way in, any other bat can make its way in. And like I stated before in my last podcast, they can fit through a hole the size of your pinky. So, I really thought about, you know, well, what if I was to get just a net to hang around my bed? It would keep bugs out, you know, mosquitoes or anything that gets in there. Plus, if a bat was to get in there, it wouldn't be able to get to me. So many people out there that say, oh, bats are no threat at all. They're just really like flying mice. No, they're not. They're bats. (laughs) There's a difference. So, um, I've killed a lot of mice in my day, but I haven't killed a lot of bats. If they were mice, they would just call call them flying mice, you know. So anyways... I got to doing my research on rabies because that's like one of the major diseases that you can catch Um, I think the second most famous disease you can catch from bats is histoplasmosis which is a infection from breathing in spores from fungus that comes from the bat's feces. Um, Anywho, I've been dealing with different skin conditions and a lot of people I think I just killed a spider. Hopefully. So, I've been dealing with a lot of skin conditions. And... Some people would probably say, oh, don't worry about it, it's just acne, or, oh, it's just a boil, or an ingrown hair, or, but when you actually start researching, it gets pretty scary. I mean, um, not just fungal infections and ringworm and stuff like that that you can get, but there's something called squamous cell skin cancer and basal cell skin cancer 
It's actually called carcinoma, basal cell carcinoma, but anywho. And there's a difference because basal cell carcinoma causes you to have uh, growths everywhere. And um, well, I think that's my my key to go. <laughs> I had stomped on a spider, and uh, when I did. I think it released a bunch of little babies out of it. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm looking. There was a pretty big size ant that came walking across, and I seen it. And something was chasing it. And I'm like, well, what is it, you know? And, um, it looked like a spider, you know? So I tried stomping on it. And I don't know if I really got it. I don't know if I got it. I think it could have made its way up my chair. So I'm just uh, just checking right now. Hmm. I don't know. I can't see. I can't see anything. Check the bottom of my shoe. Huh. I don't know, man. I could have sworn that I had stepped on him, but. I'd rather sit in this chair than the other one. The other one's probably got more spiders and bugs in it. Hmm. I mean, I don't see any other bugs, but like I said, you never know. different skin conditions, uh, basal cell carcinoma grows outwards, it causes these cysts, you know, to grow outwards, like these big bumps. Squamous cell carcinoma, like, eats holes in your skin that turns into, like, a black, nasty, pussy, uh, messy situation. 
and starts out slow and progresses, you know, really slow. Like you, at first you just think maybe it's just acne, you know. So, uh, a lot of people that have moles can get squamous cell or basal cell carcinoma, uh, skin cancer, and I have a lot of moles on my body. And some of these moles, from time to time, kind of itch, you know. I think it's maybe it's a buildup of extra skin cells that haven't died off, or there's skin cells that are dead that I can't regenerate more skin cells as fast as I need to. But I have had this patchy, scaly, rash-type dry skin condition on the bottoms of my butt cheeks or my upper thighs and I thought that this was eczema or psoriasis or something at first and it still very well could be but it can also be something like ringworm that's actual fungal skin infection and it causes the skin to also turn flaky as well Call it fish scale syndrome uh, when your skin starts flaking off like that. It's like dandruff except on your body. And it's not because, you know, a lot of people say, well then, oh, you need to take more showers, you know. And it's not from people that don't take showers. It's not from people who don't take enough showers, I mean but it's rather from the condition itself. You know, you could wash three times a day, you're still gonna have dry, flaky skin. You know, it's not gonna go away. Until you use antifungal medications uh, or a steroid medication, which they say is really effective towards certain skin conditions. And you can get some of these over-the-counter, I do believe. I don't think you need a prescription. One of them is called Econazole or Econzole. And one of them is called Myconazole. Uh, I know that some people, they get them for, like, yeast infections of the, the vagina. Uh, but they also give it out to other people with other skin infections. So... It doesn't just treat one particular thing. Got this train in the background. Man, I'll tell you what. Living in this city, it never it never fails me. Every video or podcast that I make generally that happens. I can say that I have been noticing some very good effects on my scalp and my hair from using the Selsun Blue, but still, I mean, I've also been getting good results on my inner thighs and my shoulders, you know, get kind of itchy or I get a, a cyst or whatever uh, that'll pop up. 
I didn't used to have this problem a year ago or even a couple years ago I didn't have this problem my skin was actually still in really good shape I've never had a problem with acne growing up either I know my siblings have but I haven't and what I've been reading is they say that sometimes it's because of your hormones not only does your hormones uh, cause certain skin infections to grow but uh, it changes a whole bunch of different things in your body you know you become dehydrated not drinking enough fluids if you are drinking enough fluid, your body's hormones are all messed up, so it's not processing it right. And so, what I was talking about with the gluten intolerance thing the other day, the gluten rash makes a whole lot of sense. Because I've been eating like garbage for a while now. And... For the longest time, I did think that I had an, a gluten intolerance. I still think I have a gluten intolerance. And it's really hard to explain to people how I feel whenever I wake up. People just think, you know, I'm being lazy. He just doesn't want to get up because he's lazy, you know. He didn't get anything to done, done today because he's lazy. And that's not the case. You know, some people have medical conditions wrong with them. People that have hormone imbalance problems, it is like 10 times harder to just get out of bed. Let alone, you know, other things. Getting the energy to do anything else. But not only, not only is it hard to get the energy for that stuff, But you also uh, have skin problems that happen with hormone problems. And a whole bunch of other things, you know, I mean, your body doesn't metabolize food the same way. It stores sugars and stuff differently. Certain foods that you get has gluten in it it pushes that straight up into your out of your skin you know and it tries to your body tries to get rid of it you know and it causes this reaction and I've been trying to explain to my mother for a while now that when I wake up I feel really groggy and slow and it takes me like an hour sometimes to wake up, to start walking around. And um, I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to say, well, alcohol has a big to do with it. I'm starting to believe that the other drug that I started taking for my high blood pressure has been throwing off my hormone levels even more.
like almost to the point of no return. I think it's made it to the point where it's so bad. You know, it was bad before, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'd feel really sluggish, especially after eating things with like carbs in it, like pizza. Um, I don't digest tomato sauce very well. Um, there are certain meats like hot dogs and bologna that I cannot eat because I can't digest it. So, you know, even people tell me to wait two or three hours before I go to sleep. And that still doesn't help. That still doesn't solve it. So, some nights I could eat something wait three hours and go to sleep and then the next morning I'm belching up hot dogs still you know that's how bad it is and it, it, it's almost kind of like having symptoms of a sour stomach except you don't feel sick to your stomach it's just really slowly rotting away in your stomach they also say that if you eat certain meats like that, like hot dogs, that it can cause cancer. It can cause intestinal cancer, bowel cancer, and pretty much everything that you take in goes through your gut. So if your body can't absorb it, if you have intestinal cancer, then you're going to notice, you know, malnutrition or other symptoms. So, some people that, that sit there and say, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea that I had that, il that illness. Well, you did, you just ignored the warning signs, you know. Something so benign, something so small, that can start from nothing, can turn into something when it comes to your body. And all it takes is the flip of a switch when it comes to your hormones to get that moving into action. And there's nothing you can really do to reverse it unless you take drugs. Which, again, I don't have any medical insurance to go and get referred to a dermatologist. And even if I could, I'm not going to have them poking and prodding around on me and taking skin samples. You know, it's already hard enough for my body to heal. I don't need them taking a chunk out of my arm or something. And even then, you know, if it comes back that you have skin cancer, somebody like me that doesn't have any medical insurance, what, what are you going to do? You know, you can't do anything. You're just going to suffer with it. You know, so... Now I kind of remember back to whenever me and my dad were talking and he had that nerve damage and they did certain tests on him to see if it was what the nerve damage was caused by. If it was heavy metal poisoning or they ruled that out and then they said, well, maybe it's diabetes. Well, it wasn't diabetes. And then they... Um, wanted to run a test on him for Julian Barr syndrome or Goulain Barr syndrome, whatever you want to call it. 
and they said this test is going to cost about two thousand dollars out of your own pocket and there's a chance that it's going to come back that you don't have anything and then you've just wasted two thousand dollars basically or there's a chance that you're going to spend the two thousand dollars and we're still not going to have any treatment for you because there's no treatment for that syndrome So at the time I said that he was he was um, really making a mistake by not getting the testing done. But looking back now, it's like, eh, maybe not so much. You know, there's certain times <sighs> there's certain times whenever I look back. I wish that me and my father could uh, reconcile and reconciliate and, and get back to when things were good. And um, I don't really know what the option or the course of action is to do that because I've I've never had to deal with that before in the past. I mean, I've only got one father, you know, and who, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't even have a father anymore, or their father went to prison and they've never seen him, or their father's just never been in their life from birth. But who, you know, in their right mind, who has had somewhat of a relationship with their father, even if it was a bad one, or it was an alright relationship, and your father tries to murder you, it's really, really hard to put that in the past. Because that is somebody that you should trust with your life. And when somebody like that is trying to take your life, it's really hard to get past that. And, you know, what do you do to make sure it never happens again? Ultimately, I shouldn't be the one who should be fixing it, you know, because I didn't do anything wrong. My father should have came to me and apologized and made things right and assured me that it would never happen again. Uh, and looking back at it, I, like I said, I never did anything wrong. It wasn't like I stepped out of pocket and deserved, you know any of what I had got so and when you're blackout drunk at somebody's wedding you can't defend yourself you know I mean you have no idea where you're even at half the time when you're blackout drunk and pain is you know it's a really weird thing you almost don't even feel it and emotions you know you I don't know it's crazy some people don't experience any emotions whatsoever. And some people go absolutely batshit crazy whenever they're drunk. So that's really weird. I don't know what to think about that, but... I really, I don't want to live with any regrets, you know. And right now, I can comfortably say... 
if my father died tomorrow, I wouldn't have any regrets except that he didn't come to me and make things right. Sometimes I think about just uh, going over there. Sometimes I just think about showing up over there. But I know that that's never going to happen and that that's not the right way to do it. First of all, my stepmother, she just hates my guts for no reason. You know, I've never given her a reason to, but she's had a, a thing for me for a long time. I think it's because I'm my father's only son, and since he's got a vasectomy, he can't have any more kids, so I'll be my father's last son as well. And she's always wanted to have kids with him, and she never could because he snipped. So... I think it's been a jealousy thing with his children this whole time. The whole time they've been married. They've been married over 20 years now. And every time I used to go over there and visit, I had to deal with the head games and, and drama and stuff from them. Playing favoritism and, and talking crap about my mother and a whole bunch of other things. But, you know, all these terrible things that he's done, looking back at it, like I said before, he's done this and that and this and that. That's wrong, you know. I can't think back to a time when my father did anything that was good for me, except he paid $800 for me to go back to nursing school. That was it. That was it. That was the only thing that he ever did. You know, I, I've said before in the past, I never went on a fishing trip with my dad, just me and him. I've never um, went to a bar with just me and him or on a vacation with just me and him. And there were some times whenever I'd go on paper routes with him and try to talk to him, but me and him just couldn't relate, you know. He had a whole completely different mindset than what I have. Even though we're so much alike, we're so much different, you know. And um, I think that's why I can't be around him. You know, we're so much alike, but yet we're so much different. And I'm trying to find a good analogy for that, but I can't really come up with one. So it's pretty much like having a little half stick of TNT, and that's my father. And then you got 10 sticks of TNT, and that's me. It still has gunpowder in it, but it's a different breed, you know. So, it's kind of the same thing with me and my father. He made something that was truly great. And he didn't know how to deal with it. 
And when I say he made something that was truly great, he made somebody who could make it through all these problems, find a solution for himself, no matter what, you know, whether people are going to be there to help him or not, he's going to get through it. And he formed this animal. He made this animal from his own loins into what it is today. And, and he completely despises it now because he can't be as great as I am. That's what I think. My father always wanted to be great. He even talked about growing up. You know, I wish... Um, I could have done more for you kids, or I could have uh, done something pretty much with my life, you know. He worked as a security guard for Kmart for the longest time, but he was working these dead-end jobs, you know. Sometimes he was working three jobs at a time. But that's because he had to pay child support for three different kids, you know. He was out having kids when he didn't need to be having kids. And he was doing a terrible job at being a parent, you know. And that also enlightened me to who I am today. It, it taught me what not to do. You know, don't ever have kids that you can't take care of and if you do, don't ever treat your kids the way that he did. So, I can honestly, truly say, he taught me a lot of things. He didn't really intend for it to be that way. Like I said, he wanted me to look up to him. But I think that's why me and him can't get along. He sees me of... He sees me as a threat because I'm greater than he is. I'm smarter than he is. I'm, uh, I'm becoming more relevant while he's becoming obsolete. You know, it's kind of like getting that, that phone upgrade. You know, you're, you're sitting there with a Nokia and then you have somebody that comes up to you with an iPhone 10 and says, hey, you can have this for free. You know, it's obsolete. The way that he thinks... His morals, his ideologies are different from mine. And he's one of the old-fashioned people that think if you go to college, you're going to get a good-paying job, you're going to be able to afford a house, and you're going to be able to live happily ever after no matter what. And that's not the way that life works now. He also thinks you should act a certain way in society. You should be a certain way. And everybody's different in society, you know, society is different than what it was 30 years ago. Things change, and if you're not on board with things changing, then you're going to be left behind in the dust. And for the longest time, he didn't even want to get a new phone. You know, he had a flip phone that he held on to for years. Even when they came out with touchscreen phones and text messaging, he didn't want anything to do with any of that. He didn't have a Facebook for many, many years. Um, until 
pretty recently, over the past year or two, I think. But he still doesn't get on it. He still doesn't have any pictures really on it. So, he's behind technologically. He's behind mentally. And his relationships with his kids aren't the greatest. And he doesn't like being married to his wife that he's with, you know. So he's living this big, terrible nightmare. You know, something that was supposed to be a dream that turned into a nightmare. And he used to say all the time whenever we get into arguments, I'm not trying to treat you badly or make you feel like shit. I'm just trying to make it to where you don't make the same mistakes that I made. And he succeeded with that. You know, like I said, that... Um, was about the only real good thing that I got out of him. I realized that there's going to be times where, you know, everybody nowadays thinks that everything's owed to them. And I had to, at an early age, whenever I could start working, <clears throat> he wanted me to stay in school for two more years and be behind. But I decided that I was just going to get my GED and graduate so I could get a job, so I could start making money. And when I did, um, he didn't like that. He didn't like that I was making money. He didn't like that I didn't need him anymore. You know, I could get by. If I wanted something, I could buy myself. He didn't like that I was independent. You know, my sister was still depending on him to buy her clothes for school depending on him to pay her cell phone bill, you know, back then, all of her minutes. My sister depended on my father to get good grades in school and do all the chores for him and make and suffice him just so she can go on vacation. And when I got old enough, and I didn't care about going on vacation anymore, and I didn't care if he was going to buy me a phone, which still to this day he never did. I had to buy my own phone. But, <clears throat> I don't know. When he realized that I was independent and didn't need him anymore, he literally criticized everything that I ever said. And I remember whenever I stopped talking to my father right before... We had our falling out. Um, like six months before that. I can remember I used to talk to him all the time. At nighttime, he'd go and do his paper route and I'd talk to him about things. And I would try to catch up with him or try to have a relationship with him. And he would badger me about how I'm not doing this with my life. or you know, It was always negative stuff. It was never just like, hey, how have you been? Or if it did start out that way, it was, oh, hey, how have you been? And then we say, well, things have been kind of rough. Well, what you should be doing with your life is going back and finding a trade. You know, he, he could never be happy. And I told him, if I was shoveling horse shit out at the fairgrounds and I was happy with that, 
then what does it matter? You know, you should just be content that I'm content. And, um, I, I don't know. After I told him that, and after I told him that we've never went fishing together and we've never done father-son stuff together, he kind of took that to heart. I think that's when he realized that me and him were kind of done as a father and son. I mean, but you can't really blame me because here at this point, oh, about four or five years ago, let's say, I was about 25 years old. And we still weren't getting along. You know, it's different if you have a hiccup for a year or two. You guys get back to talking and everything is PG King. But if you just can't get along, and you can't get along, and you can't get along year after year after year, almost 10 years later, then maybe there's a problem. And like I said, when I opened up his eyes, and he realized that I knew that we don't ever do anything together as a father and son. How can you sit here and say you're my father when you haven't been acting like a father, basically? And he didn't like that. So I'm sure he held that inside and bottled it up for this whole time. And whenever he had ran into his brothers and sisters at my sister's wedding, he also had those emotions bottled up towards my aunts and uncles as well. And he just couldn't contain it. And still to this day, he tells my sisters that, oh, nothing ever happened. I was drunk and I was trying to get into other people's cars and I tried to put my hands on him, you know, still trying to deflect blame. Now, first of all, I never put my hands on him. He didn't have a scratch on him that night, but if he did, the, the script would have been flipped really fast. First of all, I would have ended up in jail with the same felony charge that he had, and I wouldn't have had any lawyer or any money to get a lawyer, and he would somehow find a way to find out when the court date is, and he'd be there just so he can make my life hell. And then they would have said that I needed anger management and alcohol classes. Because for the longest time, my family has said, oh, you need anger management classes. And I don't. It's, a, it's the same people that said I need to be on medication for ADHD, which I didn't. So, anyways, I'm going to go ahead and end this segment. And I'm going to go ahead and make another one because the clock's at 55 minutes. So, till the next one.